Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. By the way, the second time Jesus comes, he doesn't come as Savior, he comes as Judge. And then it's too late. So what he's saying is this, that you need me, that you want to take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. If you'll do that publicly, then when we get to heaven, I'll say to Father, Father, I know this guy. I know this gal. Let him in. But if you refuse here and say, well, I really don't want to acknowledge you. I'm going my own way. I'm going to live my own life. God says, that's fine. It's your choice. But when you get to heaven, the Father will say, depart from me. I never knew you. In our flesh, in our own limited understanding, we've come up with ideas and goals. We think we know what's best for our lives, but that's simply not the case. You see, the Bible teaches us that there's a way which seems right to a man, but its end is destruction. That's why we need Jesus. His plan and purpose for our life is good. He wants to show us that plan. He wants to give us a purpose. We need the Spirit of God to lead us in that plan. We need to be empowered by His grace so that we can walk in it. You see, we can't accomplish the things of God in the flesh in our own strength. We need Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 20, for our continuing study entitled, The Christian's Cross. go to church to worship God. And yes, you can worship in a boat, but he's designed us to worship together. Take an old charcoal fire, and all the briquettes are just glowing and they're warm. And they're, you know, that wonderful steak you're going to have this afternoon is just getting ready for it. And take one of the coals and move it to the side, away from all the rest. In a short period of time, what do you have? You got a nice hot fire, but you got one cold coal. Is exactly what happens in church. God designed it for us to come in together, and somehow as we're worshiping Him, what happens? We kind of rub off on each other, and we kind of get warm, and neat things happen, and you see a person encouraging you, and they worship God, and you're worshiping God, and when we leave, we're kind of on fire for God. Well, that's why He designed it. So if you're going to sit home and go, have to go to church, do you know what you are? You're just cold. And you don't have any zip in your life. And Satan comes in and goes, great. You see, because when we come to church, the focus of the world, by the way, in our television today, you need to be very careful watching television today. See, we used to talk about R-rated and X-rated movies. The television is garbage, most of it today. Careful what you allow your kids to watch. So we sit here and we'll just put the beeper on instead of going to church tonight or going to church during the midweek, have a small group, even Sunday morning, we sit and flip this thing on. Do you know what it's doing to your mind? It's focusing you in the kingdom of Satan. So we come here to hear the word of God to focus us to the kingdom of God because they're diametrically opposed. And that's why you're here today. You have to go to church today. (laughs) Now, turn to Galatians 2.20, quick. Now, Paul's going to tell us because he understood what taking up the cross meant. Often we don't. 
So here's what he says in Galatians 2.20. This is actually the believer's cross or the believer's crucifixion, this verse is. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20, and I no longer live. So does that mean Paul was one of the guys hanging on the cross with Jesus? No, he's talking spiritually. But Christ lives in me. And the life I live in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So here's what your cross is. This is what Paul says. Paul says this, God's will in my life, when God's will crosses out my will, God rules. That's all the cross is. In other words, this is your will. This is your desire in life. This is your plan for your life, and it matches the world. But when God comes, he says, no, I have a better plan for your life, and here's my plan. And when I'm in the kingdom of God, who rules? God rules. So my plan is crossed out by God's plan, and God's plan always wins. And that's what it means to carry your cross. Now, we have some people, when they look at that, they ask, well, how do you really carry the cross? So they have this misunderstanding, and here's the way that works. They'll take something like this, and they'll go into their place of work, or their school, or their classroom, or their neighborhood. And here there's what they say. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm suffering for Jesus. There's no joy. There's no peace. I have to go to church. You know, when I get up in the morning, I, I just have to serve God. It's tough carrying this cross. Excuse me while I get by you. <laughs> Serving Jesus Christ is a real joy. Would you like to follow him too? Give me a break. That's the way people look at it, isn't it? You ever seen people like that? And you want to say, get out of here. How many people are going to line up? A few that you don't want lining up because they need to be in the mental hospital. It's not going to happen. This isn't what Paul's talking about. And the reason we misunderstand this. Now, you need to understand this this morning. The reason we misunderstand this is this. Remember, the cross means this. My will is crossed off by God's will. And God's will always rules. Well, how can that be good? It's good because of this. If you understand when God created you, He created you with a perfect heart to serve Him. Sin destroyed that. But when I come back to Him, I'm in the kingdom of God, then God has a plan for my life from beginning to end. Do you know He has a plan for your life this morning? Your life is in His hands today. He knows the start and the end of your life. And He has a plan for you. And let me share with this. If I'm going to submit to God's plan, if you don't understand this point, then you'll miss the whole purpose of the teaching today. God's plan for your life is better than any plan you could ever devise yourself if you lived a hundred lives. Once I submit to God and realize that His plan for me, and that extends to my kids, God has their lives already mapped out. Is this what you're saying to your kids in the home? Oh, come and go to church. You gotta go to church with me. Is this a horrible thing? 
Well, no wonder. You know what? Your kids will end up like this guy who for 40 years writes, I went to church every week because I had to. No, wrong attitude. You need to say to your kids, hey, God's plan for you is fantastic. It's filled with joy and peace. And that's greater than anything you could have ever had in your own life. So when I take up the cross, how do I take it up? I want to take up the cross of Jesus Christ willfully and joyfully. Now, how often do you think I need to take it up? Some of you take it up every Sunday. Here's what you do. When you come in, you say to the usher, give me my cross, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and you find your seat. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm here. I'm here. That's what you do. And then when you leave, when you leave, you hand it to the usher again. Save it for me for next week, would you? <laughs> I don't think so. You see, if you're going to follow Jesus Christ, his will is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365-day-year exciting path of following Jesus Christ. Some of you need to realize that you don't leave it here. It's just something that is part of you. It's a joy, and it's a wonderful service giving him. Now, when we mention the word cross, and we have to take it up daily, when we understand that, we just want to review for you quickly for a moment. I used to be in the kingdom of Satan, now I'm in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, who rules? God rules. So when I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, the first two things we learned this morning are, first of all, I have to deny self, not a hot foot Sunday, with self, my wishes, my will, and then I have to take up, I'm helping you, come on, take up, take up whose cross? Oh, uh, you can't take up your neighbor's cross. Have to take up your own cross. And how do I take it up? Good. And how often? Hallelujah. Because in the kingdom of God, God? All right, you're getting it. All right, now. So what happens is when we look at that, when we see that, when we stand here with this cross, and I have it, and I've denied myself, is that it? No, there's another step. It's a third step. And this is a third requirement. Let's look at it. Back to Mark chapter 8, verse 34. He says, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You see, most people want to do the following. They don't want to do the first two steps. But they all come together. It's not your choice. It's God's requirements. Now in the Greek, this is very interesting, because in the Greek, these steps are stated in the continuous present tense, which means keep on denying yourself, keep on taking up your cross, and keep on following me. Thus it shows us that discipleship is a lifestyle. It's not an event. And this is the greatest misservice that we've done to Christianity. People come and quote, accept the Lord, and then live the rest of their lives as they want to. Now, I'm not going to sit here this morning and give you answers because I don't have the answers. But I want to say to you, is that person really going to heaven? You can't get there by your works. But if you don't follow Jesus Christ according to what he says, I think you're in big danger. And I think we've said to people in our churches things that need to be clarified. And that's why Jesus is doing this, because the crowd was following. 
And he's saying, time out. You don't understand what's required. There's two steps before you can really follow. Now, as I'm in this process, while I'm taking up my cross, while I'm denying myself, while I'm following Jesus Christ, which means nothing more than I'm doing his will, which is what we share here in the scriptures and what he'll share with you. As I'm doing his will, then I'm being in a process which is called conforming myself to his image. You see, discipleship doesn't have to be just defined. It has to be tested, and it's tested in the real world. Do you know the best place that your discipleship's tested? It's in the home. You got it. If you can live for Jesus Christ in the home, you can live for Jesus Christ anywhere. Some of you know what I mean, don't you? See, with all the hassles, with all those things going on. Now, what are the things? Take a look at them. I will think like Jesus. I'll have the mind of Christ. I will act like Jesus. I'll have the character of Christ. I will minister like Jesus. I'll have the power of Christ. And I'll be growing more like Jesus every day. So that's what the goal is. As I follow Jesus Christ, I should be like Jesus. In every sense of the word. So in power, in character, the fruit of the Spirit, in my mind will be renewed as it's being done this morning by the Word of God, and I'll begin to think like God. That's scary even to think like God, isn't it? But that's wonderful because that's what God's goal is. He says you're to have the mind of Christ. In other words, to think the way He thinks. And how's that going to happen? It isn't going to happen from your chair going, hmm, it's going to happen here, carrying your cross. Now write this verse down. We don't have time to go to it this morning by any means. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. In there, some homework for you this week. Paul says to Timothy, be an example, Timothy, in speech, in life, in love, in faith, in purity. Take those five things, maybe one each day, and say, God, how am I doing in this area? Am I like you in faith, in purity, in hope, love? Go ahead and do that. Now, the minute you mention the word cross, it should say something to you. To the disciples, the cross meant suffering, obviously. So it means if I'm taking up my cross, that somewhere in there... There's going to be some demands. There's going to be some difficulty. And you're exactly right. And that's why Jesus was teaching it. Basically, we are very naive about what it means to be a disciple. Much of the world this morning, people that are following Jesus Christ, they're suffering right now for Jesus Christ. Much of the world is suffering. Their life is literally on the line. But we suffer trying to determine whether we should go to church or not today. We're very naive in this country. We really don't understand what the term discipleship means. So Jesus says, it's going to cost you to serve me. And let's look and see what he does. Now he's going to give us a little thing about discipleship rewarded. Look at verse 35. Here's what he says. Even though the cross will include some suffering... If your life, if you're a Christian this morning, 2 Timothy says, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Well, I don't like to hear that. It doesn't matter whether I like to hear it or not. It's true. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. But even though there is some suffering, the Christian life is still superior to any other life. Look at verse 35. For whoever, Jesus says, wants to save his life will do what? Lose it. But whoever loses his life for me in the gospel's sake will save it. It's an oxymoron. Losers are keepers. I can save my eternal life and my life here by losing it. If I live for God, I save my life. 
If I live for self on this earth, I lose my life. If I hoard to my life here, I cling to my life, I grasp it, I try to take hold of my life here, everything I say, what's in it for me? If I do that, I will lose what real life means. Now in this world, there's plenty of riches that you and I can have from focusing on myself, from sitting in my chair, from letting my will rule instead of God's. But you'll always end up empty in your life. Look at this overhead that says this, it will cost you to follow Jesus, but it will cost you more not to follow Jesus. Now, I was reading this week in the book of Acts about Paul and Silas. Paul understood what it meant to be a disciple. Paul knew that it would cost you and you would suffer for the gospel. So Paul and Silas are out and they minister to a slave girl who is demonic. And she comes and they cast the demon out of her. And of course, the owners then are mad because they're not making money. She's not making money for them. So they bring them before the town. They strip them naked and they beat Paul and Silas. Then they take them with their bleeding backs, put them into stocks, into a dark prison and leave them there for the night. A disciple, cross and suffering. Now while Paul and Silas are in there, what do you hear? Oh, God, I didn't know it was going to cost me this. You never told me it was going to cost my back being wide open. I mean, I don't know that I want to stand for you anymore. We're in here with these creepy guys that have done wrong, and we haven't done anything wrong. God, where are you? I want to serve you in the good times, but not like this. Is that what you hear Paul saying? This cross is just a horrible thing to carry. Man, this is miserable. No, here's what Paul does. Okay, on the first verse. Praise God from whom all... You say, what are you talking about? Well, the Bible tells me at midnight, Paul got his banjo out. And he started singing. No, he didn't get his banjo out. I just used this this morning. So don't go, oh, he got his banjo out. <laughs> Come on. But what was he doing? He took the cross. And he made music out of it. And he said, God, I really don't understand what's happening here, but it's okay. Because I know that your plan for me is better than my plan. Now, God, I'm not sure how you're going to work this one out. Because my back is killing me. But somehow, I have to trust you. You know what happens? Because of the singing, because of the joy, an earthquake comes caused by God. The whole place shakes. The prison doors are open. The jailer wakes up with the noise, sees the doors open, about to kill himself because he figures all the guys have left. And Paul says, hold on. We're all here. Come on and join us. There's another verse. And he comes on over. And Paul's singing to them. And they're praising. And this man says this. Listen. Listen. He says to Paul, whatever you've got, I want. I don't understand what you got in your life, but I want it. Paul said, thank you, God. Now I know why we're here. And he takes him outside. In the man's terms were this, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, no problem. Come out. Leads him and his whole family to Jesus Christ. They move over into his quarters. They take care of his back. The next day, the magistrates come, have to apologize to Paul. And Paul heads on going, praise God, carrying this thing is okay. How about you? How about me? Well, I don't know that I'm up to that. You know, Paul knew what life was all about. Let's read on what he says here. 
What will it cost you not to follow Jesus? Verse 36 says, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his own soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If I choose not to follow Jesus Christ, which includes a great time, which includes some suffering, but it always includes God's perfect will, which brings peace and joy and fulfillment. If I refuse that, if I choose not to, remember, it's always a choice, that I'll end up losing my soul in hell. What is your soul worth? Well, I don't really want to think about it. Well, God's brought you here to think about it this morning. You see, your soul's worth everything because it's your soul. You will spend eternity in hell or heaven by your choice. You say, well, what kind of a God sends people to hell? God never sends anybody to hell. You choose. Now, the road's a little tough, but I'll always be there. You make the choice. What good is it? What can you exchange for your soul? Now, people exchange a lot of things for the soul today. That's not the message. But you won't find anything that you can exchange. Then Jesus says in verse 38 this, If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, how interesting. You know, a lot of people aren't say they're not ashamed of Jesus today, but they don't teach his word. They're ashamed of his word. If anyone is ashamed, notice it's anyone again, of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in the Father's glory with the holy angels. What does he say? Here's what he says to the crowd. Guys, if you want to stand for me, you have to believe in me. You have to believe in my words. I've given you the three requirements. Now you can either take them or leave them. If you refuse them, that means you're ashamed of me. If you refuse to stand boldly and say, I'm following Jesus Christ, no matter what my wife does, my husband does, my neighbor, my friend, I don't care if they make fun of me. If you're going to refuse to do that, if you're going to give in to the pressure of people who don't want you to follow Jesus Christ, here's what happens. By the way, the second time Jesus comes, he doesn't come as Savior. He comes as Judge. And then it's too late. So what he's saying is this, that you need me, that you want to take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. If you'll do that publicly, then when we get to heaven, I'll say to Father, Father, I know this guy. I know this gal. Let him in. But if you refuse here and say, well, I really don't want to acknowledge you. I'm going my own way. I'm going to live my own life. God says, that's fine. It's your choice. But when you get to heaven, the Father will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, we glibly say those words. We don't have a clue what that means. See, it comes down to choice in your life and my life. Now, here's what I believe we should be doing in our chairs. When you think about this chair, Paul says to us and just write this verse down. We don't have time to go there this morning. Philippians chapter 1, 21. Let me just tell you what it says. Paul says this. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul said, I'll sum it up by saying this. Living for Jesus Christ gives me great opportunities. There's some suffering. There's a lot of joy. It's wonderful. To die for Christ, it's even going to be better because the suffering's over. But either way, I love Denying myself, taking up my cross, and following Jesus Christ, because it's the best life in the world. We were reminded today that there are only two destinations for us all, heaven and hell. And the decisions we make right now will determine where we will end up. If we refuse to accept Jesus as our Savior, then we're destined for hell, which is a place of eternal torment. 
However, if we accept Jesus into our lives, if we submit ourselves to Him, then we have heaven to look forward to. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB3135. The title of this message is The Christian's Cross. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is MB3135. And the title of this message is The Christian's Cross. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark shares with us a simple fact. It's that God doesn't want to discourage us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to see us succeed. He wants us to live victoriously. He's given us His Word, His daily instructions for life. He's given us His Spirit to guide us. And He's given us His grace, which empowers us to do what's right. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living.